Hello and welcome to Autoholics Anonymous by The Autoholic. I'm Stephen Diamond. In this episode, Ryan and I are joined by my brother Aaron, our friend Ross, in an interview with my dad to ask him about his experience with Porsches and his automotive influence. Ryan, Ross, and I walk down memory lane for a bit and get into a few of our automotive adventures. Later, we address the big question of why we like cars after I was asked that very question on a date. So stay tuned for our response and enjoy. Mr. Diamond, come on the podcast. Hey guys. Mr. Diamond, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? It's wonderful to see you. So I, I, I'd like to note here to the podcast followers that Mr. Diamond has been the best father of the group in terms of promoting his children's car interest, you know? Right. The rest of our fathers pretty much told us to go fuck ourselves. And Mr. Diamond got to my dad had to do as I do, do as I say. That's all. You're right. <laughs> Although you tell us not to do things, and you do them all the time. Well, I'm older. I, I can't. I can do them. So, Mr. Diamond, we we recently on the podcast we mentioned about how we thought you were pretty cool for riding to work in your suit in the race seat 996. Because who else does that? You know. I don't know. Probably somebody, but yeah. Hey. <laughs> Hey, so, okay, well, we have you. Tell us. Yes. You, you've gone through quite a few Porsches recently. What do you think of the new, the new, the new Porsche? But, but, you know, so you've had the, you've had the 996. Yeah. You've had the 718, and yes. now you're on the 991 GTS. Yes. And yeah. so, you know, tell us. What, what, what's your, tell us your spectrum of Porsche. Give us, give us an overview. Well, they're sort of like children. They're all wonderful but different. <laughs> okay. No, seriously, they are. They're they're just they really are different. You know, you would think the thing that's surprising is that after driving this GTS, uh, which is still new to me, and it's a, just a total beast. You know, at least on a relative basis. Um, it, you know, it's fantastic. It's wonderful. And then I go back and I drive the 996, which has two thirds of the horsepower on a good day. Okay. Right. And it's narrower. And it's fun in its own right. It's it's just you you can go from that you know, hundred and forty thousand dollar car to a car worth worth fourteen thousand dollars, and it's still great. Mm. You know, That's pretty cool, huh? Especially you know with the setup that it has. But um, so I'm kind of glad I have both, and I'm glad I experienced the Boxster, the 718, because that car is just you know it's different. It's a hoot. Its balance is unbelievable. But, you know, ultimately, I think you develop a personal preference. And for me, it's the, you know, it's the 911 Carrera. The 996, you're saying? Either. Oh, okay. And you're any, just saying in general. 911. Yeah, I just like, I, I like the weight distribution better, you know, of the 911. But the Boxster is just, you know, perfectly balanced. Um, I drew, I've driven the 991, but you have a 991.2 GTS. Yes, right. I've driven the 991.1 GTS, which has the oh, okay. naturally aspirated motor, also with a seven-speed manual. Yeah, and I said so. to Stephen, I thought to myself, this might be too fast for the road because you've been to Bryant. You know the roads around there. I drove. Yeah. Have you guys taken him on the roads behind Bryant? I don't think so. No. There are some little twisty roads around there, and I, I had a Targa 991.1 GTS on those yeah. roads, 
And I, I, I hit the brakes and I engaged ABS and I said to myself, holy shit, I'm going way too fast for regular roads. But you almost don't notice because the car is so composed all the time. That's the yeah. crazy thing about it. It is. It is. You blink and you're like, you know, in another zone. <laughs> right. It's really, uh, yeah. It, and what it, do you it is. I mean, and then you kind of come away and you say, you know, kind of like when I, when I first got the Boxster, uh, and drove it. I went. Who the hell needs more power than this? Right. Yeah, on the right. road, it's like right. you know, it's why? Just a base why? Under what circumstances could you ever want more? And I, I mean, it was in the S and saying it was like this yeah, is just too much. Yeah, when I first this is 2017 when I I test drove you know the 718 S and I went. I don't really need this extra power. Okay, right. I'd rather take the you know the 10 11 grand difference and put it into the uh, options, which I did do. Um, but the only time you see the, you feel the limitations of that is like, you know, we did take the Boxster on the track mm -hmm. a couple of times and, uh, especially at Watkins, which is so big. And then you say, okay, you know, I could see where I could use some more power, even though it was better power wise or delivery. Especially on the hilly track. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, wait, have you read yeah. Steven's article on the 996 versus the Boxster? Of course. Yeah, yeah, I thought that I've was I've read every word of everything, yeah. No, that, that was a great, I, I, I was amazed that he remembered all that detail. Right, and what a cool thing to get to compare those two cars on the same track that are so different, but still genetically, you know, aligned. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that was a very interesting article. It was very, I liked it a lot, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so the cars are really, I think it depends upon the circumstances, where you're driving them, what you're looking to get out of them. Um, you know, if you're out on the highway and something, then, then, you know, it's great. It's you more know? at home. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. On, on most other roads, you're just, you just get there too quick. The other thing I found out, I just realized about it and it's all how it's geared and such, is it just, the GTS just revs up really quick. It I has mean, like so a light flywheel or something, right? It, it exactly. seems to get from four grand to seven grand like yeah. Yeah, it just it just moves right through, and you say, "Geez, I got a shift. I got a shift." Um, so you know that's sometimes the nine nine six. You can just kind of leave it in gear. I mean, it's a six speed, but you can just leave it in gear, and it just seems to wind up slower. But it's a lot like, more linear. Yeah, it is in terms it of is. power delivery. And yeah, yeah. Like These guys have like, a nine nine six, and I would say that. It has a longer gear ratio yeah. for, for the power of the car. So it lets yeah. you kind of like enjoy that experience of going yeah. through the revs more slowly in a way, right? Yeah, I think that's well put. Yeah. 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 I think that's accurate. Yeah. Absolutely. That's interesting. I, hey, I'll, I'll say, Mr. Diamond, I think you've had quite the interesting fleet of cars and you've, you've had a pretty good experience through the years. So yeah. I, I'm happy with what I have. I really have. And it's evolved you know uh, over time um you you've kinda, trained you know, your sons fun. you've trained your sons quite well as well because i remember when i had the 996 and i was following steven back from from our friend josh's house to your house uh he was in the saab vegan and i was in a porsche 911 i could yeah. barely keep up with him on this <laughs> Oh, the Vigan? Which he drove he drove the Vigan recently with yeah. the, the short shift and Oh yeah, what do you think? Yeah, it, it, it's, uh, I mean, first of all, it's absolutely, 
it's the it's absolutely the most car for the money. I mean, absolutely. the cars work about as it's much so, as the wheels on my GTS. It's you know? so fast for what it is. It, it really is, but you just have to drive it right, which you know, uh, you just you just gotta yeah. lean on it. You gotta press the accelerator down hard to get it into the turbo yeah. zone. Hey, I'm gonna sign off. All right. All right. Uh, it was good, good seeing you. you guys. All right. Nice right, to see you. Guys. All right, stay Cheers. There. So where were we then? Steven, Steven, you can finish your point on your dating with cars. So go ahead. Sure. I'll tell a slightly abridged version. Oh, no, don't abridge it. Tell us the full thing. Uh, she asked me about what is it I like about cars. And that's such a big question to ask a car person. Um, so I went on and on about it. And well, what was your answer? What was the uh, crux of your answer? If you, it was just about the the, the 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 experience and just sensations of you know car engine suspension how that all comes together in the right place and the right time and everything like that. Um, there's there's a particular word I'm looking for that I I can't um, like to the physical touch something that's like um, tactile. Yeah, I guess tactile. I don't think that's the exact word, but it's pretty close. Well, anyway, so I told her why I loved cars. This is on the audio chat. This is on the audio chat, and uh, I prefaced it with saying, you know, I love, but I love all cars. Anything from a shitty old Volvo to, like, you know, new sports cars and supercars and things like that. You know, I have a, a wide appreciation of cars. And she said, uh, later on, I think in the conversation, she said, well, I'm glad you said what you had said. Um, uh, Cause she was telling me a story about how she was studying, she was uh, doing an internship in Miami, Miami beach. Uh, and actually she's, she's born and raised in the West village. Her parents okay. still live there. Um, and she went to school, I think in like Ohio or something. But anyway, so she was in Miami she was with her mom or something, and she told me a story about how she was driving, and someone like came along next to her in a sports car, uh, and thought they were hot shit, and she was like, "And I raced them." And I'm like, "What car were you in?" And she's like, "Well, I'm glad you said you liked all cars, appreciate all cars, because I was in a Prius." And I said, "Well, I forgot to mention I appreciate all cars except Prius." <laughs> <laughs> I said that on the phone. <laughs> um, and I said, well, what was the guy in? She was like, I don't know, some some Italian car, Ferrari. I'm like, you raced a guy in a Ferrari? She's like, no, no, no. I, I think it was a Maserati. And I'm like, who are <laughs> And she said she blew through some traffic lights and she was with her mom. So she she's like, I'm a good driver. I'm I'm reckless and aggressive, but I know what I'm doing kind of thing. And you're like, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> So that was very interesting. Um, and we're towards the end of our conversation. I forget how it came up. Um, so her her dad is an architect. Okay. And her mom is a professional solo classical pianist. Also a very cool profession. Wow. Yes. Um, she's an only child. And she was telling me about some stories about when she was young and and you know, traveling with her parents. I think we were just talking about her relationship with her parents and things and, and going on vacations. And she's telling me about driving out. She had family in New Jersey, memories of, of driving out in New Jersey. 
um, and I, I forget whether I just like asked her, you know, oh, what kind of, you know, car did your parents have growing up in the West Village? You know, what kind of car did you keep there kind of thing? And she goes, yeah, my dad had a really old car and, and my mom hated it. It was from the 50s. She goes, I think it was a Porsche. I'm like, oh, I'm like, uh, your dad had a 356. She goes, uh, let me look that up. And she goes, no, yeah, actually, yeah, the, yeah, this is the car. <laughs> and she's telling me, she's, I'm, she's like, yeah, my, my mom hated the car and made my dad sell it. There was, like, no seatbelts, uh, had no AC, you know, the radio barely worked, things like that. She, but she was like, I have these vivid memories of sitting in the back of that car. Uh, and she had one particular story where... Was it a bird or a coupe? It was a coupe. Oh. Of of going out to New Jersey to see family, and they were pulling off the highway, and on the off ramp they ran out of gas within sight of the gas station. And she has this very vivid memory, she says, of her parents getting out and pushing the car to the gas station. Was she serious? <laughs> and she's just sitting in the back seat. No <laughs> like, kidding. What a, fucking, what a fucking great memory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, so I was like, I'm like, yeah, that's a shame that your mom made him sell it. And he's like, yeah, he's pretty pissed that he got rid of that car, too. <laughs> Ross, what is it that you like about cars? <laughs> I don't know. There's almost like. But you have to you have to sum it up short like Stephen did. You know, it can't be a big, long thing. I don't think it's. All cars excite me as a whole. And I think personally that like like widespread use of cars as being like a mainstream form of transportation is actually like not the best fucking option. Uh, but cars I hippie moved to California, Stephen. <laughs> what was that? Ross turned into a hippie when he moved to California. <laughs> I work in the biking. Everyone should be biking everywhere. Yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> but there's certain cars, and it's been like this since I've been a child, they're just like they have like such a presence to them that like either like they, they do either two things they like either do an amazing job of like and it's more than most other i feel like physical objects because like there's more connection with them you ride in them you're around them you hear them you smell them you look at them they either do two things it's either they remind you of like a specific moment in your life you spent time around them and it, like, really elicits that. Uh, like, I can think of just stupid 90s cars that aren't even of interest that do that to me. Like, a fucking 1993 Toyota Previa or something. Like, just seeing that and, like, having, like, a striking design. Like, it's something that, like, elicits emotional response. Or it does something where, it, like, alternatively, uh, like, you look at, like, a vintage Ferrari or something. It doesn't elicit a memory of yours because it was maybe nothing you've ever even seen to that point, but it almost makes your, it, they can trigger your brain to like fantasize. And I guess that's what it is about it. It's like, it's a physical object that has like so much to it, whether uh, it's the design or anything where it's like, it's just, I don't know. There's so much to it. Like that can do that. And like, you can't really apply that to most inanimate objects like i that's a great point it, it, it can take you places 
It can take you places. There you go. Figuratively, not not literally, right? It, it it can take your mind places that maybe other inanimate objects cannot. Not, yeah. By the way, inanimate objects in general that can do those types of transformative things to you, I've always found very interesting, right? So whether it's like a, a piece of art or an architectural design or something that can like elicit a response in you that's more than just like you know, standard. It, it's interesting that this thing that doesn't live can can do that to you. So I'm with you there. And it, it's funny because, like, I'm thinking about it right now. Like, I like I ride bikes a ton. I've been a car enthusiast, but like for the most part, other than like rare exceptions, like bikes themselves, like the inanimate objects, like most of them rarely excite me that much in that way. I just like the process of riding bikes that's what excites me so much i agree with you too but maybe you get i get at least so excited about riding bikes just seeing them excite me it's yeah. not it excites me based on the memory of the experience exactly that's what it is but it's not it's like the anticipation of there, yes. are, yeah. there are some that i see and they can bring you to a place the same way as cars but as hello <laughs> but as a whole not as much but cars, on the other hand, I might not be as much necessarily even as a driving ex enthusiast as you guys, but like cars themselves, like I just love, like I love the idea of like a lot of specific cars. And that's what it is for me. They just excite me. I like. Although, at the same time, I don't really like seeing cars standing still. They don't excite me the same way as I would seeing one down the road. I agree with you. I, I'm, I, you know, so so my boss sent me this week a link of. Uh, 300 car collection in the New York area. Larry Casales is, is detailing it. I don't know if you guys have seen that video. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's pretty pretty interesting. But the guy just bought them and looked in Sid. And I said, you know, for me, it's fascinating. How can you buy the cars and not drive them? The yeah. driving is the biggest thing for me. And so for me, the 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 most the best part about cars and, and what I love the most about them, I'm going to steal the answer my girlfriend told me today, but it's exactly how I feel, and it's freedom. Since I was a child, the feeling of just being able to get out in the wilderness and anywhere in the world and just transport yourself with this car. And look, I've had that experience in a Suzuki Jimny, in a yeah. in a in a in a Saab, in a in whatever, in a Jetta. You know, in a Jetta. I, I can have that experience in like a relatively shitty car. It doesn't have to be a Ferrari to give me that transportive experience of freedom. Um, so I definitely get like other pleasures from cars that have like interesting characteristics and things like this, but just the the feeling of freedom and getting out and exploring. I mean, that's, there, there's nothing more that I like about cars than that. It, this last weekend driving Karen's mother's automatic Dodge pickup. It was like one of the best times I've had in a car in a long time yeah. because I was just exploring and I, and I felt like the car was giving me access to exploration. And it was like, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was totally like, I, I was smitten with that idea. So that definitely it's freedom and, and exploration for me. I think it plays a little bit into my point too, where like you attach an emotional response to certain cars. Like think about it, how much would you want like brand new fucking Ferrari? It'd be amazing. But like you see rich guys who have that shit they just buy the car, maybe not drive it much, or they don't do anything special with it, and they just roll through it. It's just another car to them. But well, you end up, and you even see like the presenters of uh, the Grand Tour. I almost said Top Gear. You see those guys. They 
have like cycled through a bunch of cars, but then there's ones they've kept for years. They, Hammond has his Opal Cadet. Like there's an right. actual experience attached to that. Or Stephen Diamond has his W123. Yeah. I was thinking about that the other day. I remember when we took that photo shoot with Aaron, Daruk, and I, and I drove your 123 to Lincoln Woods. I was so fucking happy driving that car. I, honestly, I was smitten. It gave me yeah. like, a, it, yeah, I, it gave me a joy. I, I was, you, mm. I took selfies while I was driving your car, and you guys, I'm gonna send you the pictures later. You should see my face. I'm like, it looks like I'm in love. Like honestly, <laughs> it's amazing that the car elicited this response in me. You know, the the one thing I generally like the happiest place I am in the world. Like when I'm in my happy place, where am I? Honestly, I think I'm behind the wheel of my W123 on mm. an open road, just driving. I mean, I, I still would have that sensation in, you know, Aaron's car or like the Vigan, but probably not as much as the W123, but that car and just being on the open road and just driving around, just, I'm just so happy. No, it's true. It's, a, it's, a, it's a happiness machine. And and, and there's a reason that people love old Mercedes cars for that reason. They elicit, there's something about them that lets you enjoy the experience. I, by the way, strangely enough, I would compare it to my father's new 7 Series. I know that your W123 and his 7 Series are worlds apart. But when I drove his 7 Series, I said to him, I was driving down the West Side Highway. Everyone's like rushing in traffic. It was crazy. And Karen and I had the windows down and we were blasting this song. And we were just relaxed we were totally chilled out and it was it was effortless and the car enabled that experience for me and i feel like maybe it's not exactly the same in the w123 but it's a similar type of thing in that it enables you to enjoy your surroundings in a way that other cars might not right i think about when we when you picked up karen and i from the standard in new york i i wonder i'd like to ask her about it and that must, I mean, for me, the experience of riding around the backseat of that, it's always, it's exciting, right? Because it's like a, it's a very different experience in New York. And I wonder what it was like for her, like, as, you know, just totally fresh to the whole thing. Right. Like, that that kind of goes to, to the point of how that car is presenting an experience. It reminds me of Hans, like you got Hans. I remember you roll. I see it's it's things like this that like inspire memories that stick with you. That's more what it is. It's like who gives a shit about the cars themselves as much as the memories related to them. And it's like the I remember you rolled up with fucking Hans. Uh, it was like snowing out. It was the middle of the winter. You and Daruk rolled up like smiles up to your fucking <laughs> eyeballs. You're like, look what we got. <laughs> and I'm like, are you serious? Uh, and you just took me around the block of it, and I got in the backseat of this thing, and, like, you were a mile of, away from me while driving the car. I'm like, hey, dude! I got to yell, you know? And uh, just driving around and just being like, this is so special. That's how it feels. It's not like just getting in the back of a fresh-off-the-lot, you know, Toyota or something. No, it's Even not. Even a fresh-off-the-lot five-series, like, you get in the back and it's just, it was, it was a special car. And some of my favorite memories, that was one of those cars that's up there for me. And I think old cars are unique. So they tend to, are, are more often able to provide those experiences. But I think about like the Hanzo I remember the most was like, I think we drove down Ryan to like Sakonet Point, And I think we also drove around like Exeter and shit on some dirt roads. 
Oh yeah, I'll never forget that day. We have a, we have great pictures of that day. Yeah. We were drifting Hans on those dirt roads. We went to the we went to the grave of the lady they burned because they thought she was a witch in Exeter. She had tuberculosis. <laughs> yeah, she just had tuberculosis. Poor girl. <laughs> she and a bunch of people got sick, but. Uh, or Steve, in your car. I remember riding around in that thing on, like, the North Fork of... Uh... That was actually, like, a year ago. Oh, like, yesterday. No, no, no. That or two years ago. Two years ago. Two years ago, right. Sorry, yeah. Two years ago. God, was, that was like, such a great time. I was driving the 911. <laughs> yeah. And, and then the picture of my car and the tent that's, like, sideways. <laughs> so I, I wish you got... Like, sorry, in, gonna... I'm so jealous that you have, like your first car like your car from your child that's fucking sick like sure ryan you wish you had your years i wish i had my i've had that car i had my before yeah absolutely i'm a little upset about it but at the time i had no money you know i had to sell the 240 to get a car to drive every day i wish i had my mark 2 gti because i was of the of the idea that like yeah i'm gonna sell this and buy a 944 or a miata but like it's just not the same like for me it wasn't like that at all for me it was like I took the 240 out one time in the snow, and I said, well, this isn't going to work. I put a new car to go to college. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But it's just, yeah, those cars that you have all those memories with. Yeah, but, uh, you know, and Ryan, I think you said this in a, in a past uh, conversation, but it's, I think actually you wrote about it in your article on the, um, the Q, what was it, the Q3, right? It's all about the car in the right place and time as well. Like, you could have a very normal car, like an Audi Q3, but in the right conditions, you know, you were talking about how you're coming off, you know, 24-hour plane ride, jet lag like shit, and you get into this just nice, comfortable car where you don't have to think much about driving it. And the only function that that car is serving in that time is to get you from kind of a to b but it's enjoyable to drive mm. and it does it in a pleasant way where it you know if you were maybe in a better state of mind you might have been bored with it but it was just the right car at the right time and it made all the difference in the world no you're you're absolutely right because it gave me an experience in that moment so i i had been flying i was exhausted and then i had worked all day and i wanted to do something interesting so i drove this car out into the woods and yeah. There were no curves and, and I was tired and, you know, whatever, but windows down, feeling the, the breeze on me, just, you know, getting to be out in nature and it gave me an experience. That's that what it's for me with cars. Cars, their ability to give you this experience. So today, Karen and I drive for Miata and I asked her, I said, what do you like about cruising around with the top down? You know, it was kind of a shitty day, actually. It was like raining in the morning and she said, it's freedom. And uh, so that's where I got that from. But you know, it was because because it, it was just we didn't even need to talk. We just got to look around and see all this stuff around us. And it was so exciting. I mean, wh- whether you were driving slow, fast, whatever, just it was it was thrilling. Hey, speaking of Hans, though, by the way, I just want to go back to one point. Who was with me on Daruk's birthday when I was smoking in the backseat of Hans? Was I? <laughs> <laughs> I was in the passenger seat and Daruk was driving. Oh, that was great. So, so we're in, we're in Hans, and I'm like, I like open the ashtray. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get to get great use of this car. And I like light up a Marlboro Red, and I'm sitting in the back windows down, you know, smoking my cigarettes. And and Drew's like lost his 
Yeah, he flipped out. Flipped like, out. Smoke in my car. And I think I continued smoking just to be an you asshole. Did. Yeah. You're a drunk asshole. And you and you were like Ryan, just be nice. Like <laughs> you even try to keep the peace. Right, you were trying to keep the peace, and I was like, no, you're ruining my experience. Smoking in the backseat of an S class was like the whole experience. Oh, <laughs> uh, I miss college, boys. Oh God. You know, yeah. honestly, we did. We had a good college life, and I'll say one thing. You know, a lot of my friends went to college in in cities. I feel so lucky that we went to college in the country. Yes. Honestly, where we went to college was so much more, like for you, Stephen, I think it was closer to what home was like. You lived more in the country than I did. Mm -hmm. Um, Ross, I would say maybe where you grew up was more similar to where I grew up because you were kind even though New Hampshire is country, you were still kind of in the middle of like town, sort of where like my house was, you know? You could have been in the country in 10 minutes, but. Right. But Brian was in the country. There was nothing there, you know? Yeah, and it was probably even more in the country than where Steven grew up. <laughs> I, I feel like you make more memories in the country because you you make stuff up and you do things like on your own. You have to be creative with it. And that's that's more enjoyable than having someone make something creative and you go to it. Like, is you know, what most cities is. I agree. Cities are, so you know. As a young person, what do you want? Do you want to go do that, or do you want to have your own experience? And I think we're lucky that we got to have our own experiences. You kind of hit the nail on the head. You guys went into the whole deep conversation about how it's basically an escape, and you you basically took the words right out of my mouth when you said that it's really what a car means is it's just it's a mobile place to be that brings you other places. And it's the experience of being in that car, in that place, at that time. And I can't, I can tell you numerous stories of just places where I've been where it wouldn't have been the same in any other car. I mean, I loved the first car I had was a 2001 Buick Century. And I loved having that car for just like stupid trips that I took. I drove the thing down to Florida with a whole bunch of friends and I remember I didn't know you drove that to Florida that's pretty cool drove it all the way down to Florida and I parked it on Daytona Beach hmm. and everyone like the guys like the so to, to preface uh, to interrupt myself <laughs> you know this is a 2001 gold Buick Century of course uh, with, cool. with a tan with a tan interior and pimp down, like pimp my ride wheels right yes. but that's what I'm getting to <laughs> no it was there um uh, there were XXRs. XXR. Yeah. Oh, no. Japanese wheels. 18-inch <laughs> with chrome lips, baby. <laughs> Polished chrome. It was, um, it was outrageous. It was absolutely outrageous. Wheels. Only Aaron would do this. Aaron, do you have photos? Oh, jeez. Oh, photos of this car. <laughs> I actually have my favorite photo is a picture of it. On I, the picture of it actually, on Daytona Beach. Uh, it's probably yeah. on your Facebook. It is on my Facebook. Let me see if I can find oh, it. There's a God. picture on my Facebook. That car oh, actually was a great car. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. I, I kind of believe you guys, but half down. <laughs> it might just I be mean, the experience. In, in terms of like driving, it wasn't the best. But it just, what it did, what it was meant to do, it did so well. Like, yeah. Did you have a bench seat with three in the front? Yeah. Aaron found pictures of the Buick. Oh, let's see this. Oh my God! Look at this. This is Aaron's car. Wait, zoom it out a little, Aaron. Zoom out. It's a little too close. Yeah, there you go. 
This is Aaron's car from college on the beach in Florida. You know what's funny to me? It looks bad, but it doesn't look as bad as I thought it was. No, no, it doesn't, doesn't look that bad. It doesn't, no, it doesn't look that it bad. It's fine. Great college, like, like car when you're 18 years old or whatever. Yeah, I even took that car autocrossing. I have a good memory of one of those as well when I was a kid. The lady who lived next door to me and died had one of those cars. Oh, yeah. Everyone who had a neighbor who died had one of those cars. <laughs> it was an old lady car. Same color combo, actually. Yep. They only came in that color, I think. <laughs> beige on beige. So when I I used to, when I was in high no, school. Hang on one second. Before I had a, my license, I used to walk down to uh, walk down to the school bus stop every day, like everyone else. And there was a kid who lived up the street from me. Who, for some reason, his mom would drive him to the school bus sometimes. She oh, would drive is, by. She'd be, like, she'd be like, "You want a ride?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, sure." She had like probably same generation, early 2000s, but one of the Regal GSs, the super Regal GSs. Those that thing was fucking sick. Those are supercharged. Yeah, legit. That was actually, that car was cool as shit. It was Regal. Regal. Yeah, it was actually a really good car. I was surprised. It ripped. So is that the same engine that was in the Pontiac Bonneville SSEI? Oh, dude, that's the car. My uncle had the Pontiac Bonneville SSEI, and I remember he was like, like a pharmaceutical salesman, like, like the guy, like this typical guy out of like an old advertisement, you can imagine, you know, just kind of like a dweeb, but like a salesman. And he's like, hey, I've got this the SSCI. I'm like, dude, you have some fucking automatic Pontiac. That's what I was thinking as a little kid. But looking back, like who would have bought that car, the SSCI? He had kind of an interesting car. So so that's one thing I I always thought they were, I hated them growing up, like every GM car from like 1990 to like 2003, because I mean, they were kind of all pieces of shit, but there was like 10 of them that looking back at it were actually really cool. <laughs> like the early, like the SSEIs were really interesting cars. On rare occasions, they made something cool. Thanks for listening to Autoholics Anonymous by the Autoholic. Tune into future episodes and follow our adventures at the-autoholic.com or on Instagram at the.autoholic and Twitter at theautoholic, straight through. Stay safe, but don't forget to drive fast and take chances. Cheers! Introduction music by Stephen Diamond. that you feel like gets better in the fridge every day yeah some wines are a little hot when you open them up and they get better after yeah. a day or so this one here carson ridge cab from pasta Robles. better every day